0: So I'm to go out and rescue her, then come back playing the part of a hero. Or come back and, in a public display, weep bitter tears over
1: her still corpse. Welcome to It's a Gundam, the episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast, where every week we watch an episode of Gundam Seed and then talk about it and tell Tyler how cool
0: it is. I'm Jeremy. I pilot the Ground Turtle X-Wing Custom Zero. I'm Tyler.
2: That's got a lot of adjectives.
0: It's also the Ground Turtle Wing, so, you know.
2: (laughs) My name is Zach. The uh, Gunpla World Building Contest
1: is actually going right now. And someone built a perfect grade Wing Zero that launches a master grade Wing Zero that launches a high grade Wing Zero. Wait, how does it do- It didn't actually win, but it doesn't actually launch, but it's like what? sculpted in such a way that like a, a turducken one's coming out of the other. <laughs> what beat that? Actually, the thing I think is going to win is this really, really cool. Like, it's the piece is meant to look like a statue, but it's a Wing Zero on top of an Epion and they're grappling. And it's painted so it's clear they're entering the Earth's atmosphere. And like the bottom of the epion is super red and then it gets progressively less and less red towards the wing zero. It just looks
0: incredible. That sounds pretty sweet.
1: I think that's going to win. A lot of people think the American one has a chance. I don't really like it, but I think it's the photo. I don't think any photo would do it justice because it's got a lot going on. And then the Japanese winner is a tall geese that's supposed to look really cool, but I couldn't find a picture
0: of that. Is it illegal to gut the inside of the model and replace it with working robotics?
1: It's, it has to be stationary.
0: Oh, so you can't have it be... a model contest. But what if I made the model an autonomous robot?
1: You could do like... that. That would be legal, but you can't be moving as part of the piece.
0: Okay. So the fact that it can move... Does not... not
2: disqualify it. Okay. But you have to settle on a pose. That's unfortunate. doesn't make posing it really easy, though.
1: There are, there are also a lot of unicorn Gundams that have been fused with Master Asia's Horse Gundam to make them unicorns. <laughs> Wouldn't that make sense? <laughs> I forgot about ours? the
2: Horse Gundam. Yes, it would. I was wondering about the Horse Gundam. Is there a horse in the mobile trace system? I think
1: there is. Don't we actually see that, or did I make that up in a dream? I
2: think you made that up in a dream, because I don't think they ever show you the inside of that that mobile suit. It's either implied that it's a robot, pure robot, or that there's something else going on with it, but they never actually explain it.
0: Can we just just discuss for a moment how awesome the technology in G Gundam would be? Because if I could just, like, hook myself up to a suit and walk around, and then the mobile suit walks with me, but they aren't on treadmills, right? So when they're running, how do they not run into the wall know. of the Gundam? They al-
2: Notice how they always change to show you the Gundam when they start moving.
0: Exactly. I mean- <laughs> or are they just jogging in place, and they interpret that as forward motion?
2: In Iron-Blooded Orphans,
1: they just hook it up to people's minds.
0: Yeah, and that's probably the more realistic option, but... I find it funny that we're t- discussing jacking directly into someone's brain being the more realistic option.
2: Someone's been paying attention to my uh, head cannons for stuff. That's how they came up with that. With what? Jacking into the he- jacking into somebody's brain to control a mech. Oh, I mean like the Matrix. Not totally me.
0: <laughs> Evangelion. Like all the stuff that inspired the Matrix. There was a lot of cyberpunk. Actually, uh, Snow Crash. Never heard of it. You should read it. You'd probably like it.
1: I think my favorite thing about The Matrix's influences is Grant Morrison. A lot of people say The Matrix just copied The Invisibles, which is a Grant Morrison comic. And he said, nah, I'm cool with it. I kind of wish I had gotten like a special thanks or something. But what I really wish is they had kept copying me for the second and third movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so we, this week, will be watching episode eight of Gundam Seed, entitled Songstress of the Enemy Forces...
0: Which is, like, the best title thus far. It's great.
1: So, we haven't actually released any episodes yet, and it's been a while since we've recorded, so if we're a little off, that's why. Uh, Part of that is because all the episodes of Gundam Seed were on YouTube, so if we said that on any old episodes, and I didn't manage to cut it out, that unfortunately is no longer the case. I'm sure you can find Gundam Seed and watch it along with us, because you're all resourceful people, I'm sure. You found this podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and don't they also not produce any physical copies you can buy anymore? Yeah, there's, and-
1: it's not currently legally in print. There's been a lot of news saying that's going to not be true soon, but it took them like three years after that was announced to get Turnagundam
2: in print, so who knows when soon is. It's almost like Riot's trademarked soon.
1: Yeah. It's like everyone's trademarked soon. Is Build
2: Fighters still hanging around?
1: Yeah, Build Fighters is still up there.
0: I should watch that before they take it down, apparently.
1: I think the idea is when they upload a new series, they take the one that's been on their longest down, because Zeta used to be up there, Double-O used to be up there.
2: Okay. Seems really strange, but I guess it'll encourage people to buy your physical, oh wait. (laughs) (laughs) Import it from Japan. That's probably corporate policy.
1: Bandai has messed up Gundam in America so bad, is all I'm going to say. So this episode we get Lacus Klein, and we have finally all three of the main female characters have had some time, which is cool. This episode also finally passes the Bechtel test. For those who, uh, for those of you who don't know, we've talked about it in the past. The Bechtel test is you have to have two female characters who talk to each other about something other than men.
2: I forgot what that test was called. I, like when you mentioned Bechtel test, that my brain went, "The hell is he talking about?"
0: I, I can never remember the name of it, but I knew immediately what it was. What scene is this? I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it.
1: Lacus and Flay talk about the Zaft military and the Earth military and how Lacus isn't part of the... Yeah, about how Zaft is... is Which is really awkward in the dub, I suppose we'll get to it. But instead of the word military, they use the word forces,
2: which is technically
1: correct. But the word military is right there, and it fits those lip flaps.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, forces and military are kind of the same... Thing it's just forces is an awkward word to use. Yeah, but we'll get there.
0: Never thought about it, but it is. I suggest an alternative title for this episode is Flay the Super Racist.
1: (laughs) That's an alternate title for this series. I mean, uh, we'll get to that. Before we get into the episode, though, let's talk a bit about the female characters, since this is, I guess, a pretty big episode for two of them. It's too bad Kigali is doing F-all for quite a while still.
2: Which is a shame, because I think she's my favorite female character yeah, I was series. immediately
0: interested in her, and then they shoved her on a bus.
2: Well, that means you keep having to come back and watch the series till Kigali shows up again. It's like Princess Leia
1: in Star Wars, only she didn't even get kidnapped by Darth <laughs> Vader. She just left <laughs> for a while. And we got to wait until Han Solo just bumps into her. Atherin is Han Solo, right? Sure. I guess so- Mu is pretty Han Solo, but Mu is also Obi-Wan?
2: Yeah, he's both. Although,
0: Han he's is He's a force-using Han bad. Solo. <laughs> that is true. Say Han is also kind of a mentor figure, so. True. I, I would say he's probably just Han. He's just more badass Han, which is actually hard to do, so.
1: Alright, so who's your female character, Tyler Kigali, because you know nothing about her?
0: Yeah, honestly, I think Lacus might be my spirit animal, actually, <laughs> so. <laughs> you are pretty stupid. Yep.
1: I can't decide. I mean, I love Lacus, I'll, I'll just say it. I often wonder if I actually hate Lacus. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? For things I don't want to get into, like, the reason I rewatched the entirety of Gundam Seed right before this podcast was I was trying to settle for myself, is Lacus a good character or not? That was the goal I went into the series with, and I came out with yes, but they could have done a better job with her in a lot of ways.
0: But now you get an entire another watch through to decide that again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
0: Talking about it with
1: us. And a lot of the problem is uh, what Gundam Seed Destiny does to a lot of these characters.
0: We could just pretend that destiny didn't happen until we have to start watching it,
1: I mean, yeah, I, that's I my try
2: plan. to pretend destiny doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> the worst is that destiny looks like it's gonna be good it, it tricks you for so long.
2: I tried to pretend destiny doesn't happen in a lot of the games. then Luna Mario shows up and I'm like, "I like you. Why <laughs> is your series so shit? Same
1: with Shin, Shin is great
2: until he, <laughs> until all <of> his character <laughs> falls out.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: But that's for another time yes. down the line. So,
1: anything else we want to say, or
2: shall we just jump into the episode? I mean,
0: Cannonball! None of, none of us like Flay, apparently, so... I... Flay the I mean, Mega Racist! <laughs> I
1: actually will defend Flay further on in the series, because I right, hated that character the first time I watched this series. And I've really come around on her. I think she's actually a really
2: strong, interesting character, but... I think Although, she's a strong, interesting character. I just think she's a thoroughly unlikable, yeah, so the therefore is, I don't like her.
0: Is being a good character actually someone that you want to know in
2: real life?
1: I mean, I could fix Flay. I could fix Flay.
2: <laughs> I could. I'd probably just shove her off of a moving bus, but... That's not fixing her,
1: that's breaking her further. She would try to get super revenge on you. <laughs> it
2: depends depends on where you push her out of the bus. Alright, before we begin...
1: Since it's been so long, let's recap the series. This episode actually starts with the uh, sort of series overtone thing that they've been
0: skipping the last couple of episodes. I was actually going to comment on that.
1: But if for some reason you're just joining us, our hero is Kira Yamato. He's a coordinator, which is like a Captain America.
2: (laughs) He has yet to learn his middle name.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's on the neutral company of Heliopolis because the coordinators are at war with the not-coordinators. All the coordinators are on the space colonies. All the not-coordinators are on Earth. So Kira's hometown of Heliopolis is blown up by the coordinators, so he got stuck on a Earth Alliance ship, and now he's piloting their only giant robot, fighting Which his is... best friend, Athrun Zala, who is with the coordinators. <laughs> and and the a bunch whole... of douchebags.
0: And the whole reason it got blown up is because the Earth forces were building some giant robots there. And Kigali is off uh, Doing somewhere. Doing something. She's presumably important because we see her in the first episode and then forget about her.
2: I was going to say presumably because she's got a name, but she doesn't actually get named until... Yeah, later. I only know she's named that
0: because you guys told me, so...
1: So last episode ended with Kira Yamato finding yet another random space pod and decided he needed to bring that onto the warship. And out fell, floating, far too innocent for this world, Angel Lacus Klein. Oh, not he-
2: Haro. <laughs> I think he picked up the life pod because he, he wanted to make amends for shooting down the Zaft. Jin.
1: Oh, that's absolutely true. He feels super guilty for murdering a guy.
2: Yeah,
0: bleeding heart.
1: And so he decided take a life, save a life. It's like trees, right?
0: A life given
2: for a life taken.
1: So out flies a uh, blackest <laughs> Klein, and everyone is just staring
0: in awe. Because everyone's like, I Why never is realized this girl here.
2: <laughs> never realized that in the in that shot, Maru is just kind of she's got this blank expression, <laughs> like I have no idea what I'm doing here when she's looking at him.
1: Yeah, this is not only a slow episode, this is an episode they didn't so much give to the B animation team as they gave to the W animation team. (laughs) There are some okay shots, but there are so many just terrible expressions and
2: characters' eyes going all over the place. (laughs) I think there's a shot where someone gets cross-eyed at one point.
0: I think there's more than one. So something that has just started bugging me about Lacus, she's like the only person who does not have a natural hair color in this show. So far. Okay.
2: Uh um, well, no Nicole yeah nickel has Nickel's green got hair. green
0: hair. No, that's a natural hair color. He says yeah, <laughs> the
1: green-haired guy. exactly. I so had to be someone else in the opening with weird hair. maybe she is a coordinator, so you would think they would be able to genetically engineer pink. Yeah, well, he's
2: got like blue hair. yeah, he's, he's kind of has, like gray, blue blonde. hair.
1: That's a weird hair color, but it's not entirely unnatural.'s got, got blue like, hair blue purple hair. but you could see that as dark hair with
2: weird highlights. I had not really ever thought of that, but you're right. Lacus is, like, one of the only people who has an unusual hair color if there is another one. And it's- I kind of forgot
0: about Nickel when I made that comment, so...
2: And she's the Manic Pixie
1: Dream Girl. She's supposed to stand out.
2: She- well, oh, man. They're much more unusual as opposed to a lot of anime where there's just that guy running around with a random dark hair. Or wow, random, like, pink okay. Whenever- Maru's boobs in that one shot.
0: <laughs> bouncy, I've- bouncy, bouncy! I've never really noticed them, Has but- Dan made you watch his favorite um, random cracked skits, which is... It's like assisted living care for manic pixie dream girls.
1: (laughs) No, but that sounds pretty good. All right, so the episode begins with Kira Yamato grabbing Lacus Klein and dragging her down to our pathetic level as she's just floating through the sky.
2: Well, she looks so confused. Well, to be fair, she's just kind of floating in the middle of a bunch of people who are supposed to be her enemies. And wow, that backdrop is terrible of the officers. And Kira suddenly has a crush.
1: Yep. Kira is instantly smitten. And Lacus realizes, oh my, this isn't a Zaft ship, is it? And Mu and Nataral go into the land of exasperation, which they will not soon leave. Maybe we should just try to count how many times the officers facepalm One in this episode. drinking game. <laughs> yeah. Somebody go get the Jameson. And so they're just all confused and have no idea what to do. And somehow this is worse than if uh Zack's bomb threat idea had gone through. So then yeah. we cut over to Zaftland's. Where,
0: it's, like, really <laughs> ominous when they do it for some reason. <laughs> well, Keep out! It's because they're the bad guys. Are they, though? The show is, like, really into duality, I feel. It so. is,
1: but it's still, in some ways, a traditional Gundam series. And I think they're trying to make you think they're the bad guys. So since we've got the introduction of Lacus and all the boys have fallen in love, we get some nice Atherin-in-the-shower fan service for the girls. He angsts in the shower, you know, <laughs> just what a nice teenage girl wants. And then uh, comes out to answer the phone and finds out that the launch of his ship has been moved up two days, which uh, concerns him a little bit.
2: 35 hours sooner than planned. Seems like a very random number to me. I don't know why.
0: Well, three days minus an hour because Crusade already ate breakfast that morning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Atherin is kind of confused, but then he turns on the news and it's the writer didn't want to have to explain this to you channel. (laughs) <laughs> so, it gets the news that Lachis' ship, the Silver Wind, has been missing, and no one knows where Lacus client is. Which, of course, worries Atherin, because as we learned last episode, she is his fiance.
0: I love that the picture that they use of her is just her looking confused on a blue background. <laughs> to be fair, that is kind of her default
2: expression.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You'd think they would have some nice, uh, like, photo-op pictures of her, since she is a pop idol. Yeah, yeah instead that's...
2: of just the, I'm so lost, what am I doing here picture.
1: So the officers take Lacus to kind of interrogate slash debrief her. She introduces Haro. I believe you have feelings on Haro, Tyler.
0: I don't know why anyone would ever purchase one of these things. It is so annoying. Well,
1: spoiler, the... Lacus did not purchase Haro.
0: The best Haro... Also, oh, oh, really quick, Zach just... Pu- look at her face. I
1: don't need to. Oh, I told you this episode ah. was not animated by anyone who cared.
2: The best horror I've ever seen actually came out of Dublot and it was the best thing in Dublot because it tells one of the characters they suck. <laughs> he does something in the horror is, you suck, you suck. Okay, so I,
0: even if lacus didn't buy it for herself, someone bought it for her. Why would you inflict that pain on someone? Yeah. Uh, there is
1: a great fan comic about that that I'll have to show <laughs> you two, after there's a three. reveal. Yep. T- take your tally, Tyler. So just from her introduction, we've got a more he- face palming. Even Moo, who's usually uh, cool with everything, is super exasperated. And the entire crew is trying to listen at the door, except Kira, who's angsting in the background. And Nataril comes out to get angry at them. And I want to talk about the dub for a bit, because the dub is mostly good for this series. It's a little up and down. They do something to Nataril's character that I don't really like. And it kind of starts here, where they just kind of make her a huge bitch. She's supposed to be a hard ass, and I get that, but she just... Something about the direction of her character, starting now.
2: I never really noticed that, personally. I always just kind of felt that she came across as a hard-ass, but that's she, just me.
1: She comes up like a mother nagging her kids here instead of a officer giving her subordinates
2: orders. I think I prefer the fact that she seems more like an officer in the dub, giving orders rather than, you know, why are you Maybe not maternal working? Her as opposed to get s- your asses back in on the job. Her lines are very
1: similar, though. It's all about tone to me and the way the actor portrays it.
2: I prefer the other, the way the uh, English one does it, just because I think based on how they, her character is structured in the arc that she goes through, regardless of the tone, the tone from the hard-ass military commander is actually more appropriate.
1: I don't want to get into her arc because it's spoilery, but for the exact same reason, because of her arc, I prefer the original, <laughs> where she's a little softer. So everyone runs to work except Kira, who gets waved at by Lacus like they're in
2: school. And God, that he just does not know what to do. There. That is the derpiest and, expression, and, too.
1: And then Moo's face after. So they realize that Lackis' last name is the same as Supreme Chairman Siegel Klein. And stupid, is like, oh, do you know my dad? Which uh, leads to yet another <laughs> baseball.
2: <laughs> like, I think this is the only episode in which Moo ever actually looks exasperated exasperated with anything kira does but this like is one of those this takes the cake situations and all the officers <laughs> Even are always like what do i do <laughs> i would be as confused as they
1: are so they ask what she's doing out there and she explains they were going out to the wreckage of Junius seven which is the colony that exploded that started the war to prepare for memorial services but they came across an earth ship who demanded they be allowed to inspect and things got sort of out of hand, and it led to fighting. And she was shoved into an escape
2: pod with the Death Star plans. And the uh, other Earth Forces ship had the uh, life pod is unmanned. Don't shoot it down.
1: <laughs> There's a horror in there.
2: There's a life form on board. Don't shoot at it. <laughs> that could possibly be a main character.
0: I love Moo's exasperated face of it. Like, it's the standard, like, straight eyebrow face. So,
1: Maru is kind of sympathetic to it. Clearly, she's... Marissa is, is a pe- terrible
0: officer.
2: She's a great mom. a Great mom, th- terrible officer. Like, didn't the Earth
0: Forces just last episode, or maybe the episode before, like, have their own memorial service here?
2: Uh, no. They- this ship did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're the Earth Forces. They're just a very small segment of them.
1: Yeah, I think, well, I think this is saying that there are lots of racists in the Earth Forces, which is something we hear
0: often. But this is sort of. And they've got one on board, too. Her name's <laughs> Flay.
1: So then we cut to, I guess, 35 hours later with Atherin about to board the Versalius, when he runs into his dad and Rao, who inform Atherin that Lachis is missing and also that a djinn that was
2: searching for her never returned. So things are serious. Just thinking about the, like, the trajectory, because they're floating in space get to the dock, right? His trajectory, he would have brained himself on the door.
1: That's okay, he has super reflexes. And he's military trained. I love <laughs> these
0: officers line. floating by, just like saluting as they go. <laughs>
1: So he's like, man, should we really erase military time, like, searching for it? And Rao's like, ah, oh, come on, man, don't be so cold. You're her fiancé, so we and my team have to help. Also, Nickel and Isaac and Diarka fucked up and watched the Archangel, so what else are we going to do? Yeah. So Atherin, because he's not an idiot, pretty quickly realizes, uh, wait, this is all PR. What happens if she's dead? And, uh... Raoul Crusade has a few different lines depending on your translation. It's so good. But yes, no matter what, it's it, like his, the smile on his face as he says it makes it is like, well, isn't that a great story? It'll super galvanize people. Uh, my yeah. favorite is, uh, well, then you should just come back screaming like crazy as you clutch her bloody corpse, is my favorite <laughs> particular translation. But there have been
2: quite a few. In the. Uh subtitle version, he says, come back with her body and cry like crazy.
1: Yeah, Isn't the English one uh, then come back clutching her and crying bitter tears over her corpse?
2: <laughs> crying bitter tears over her still corpse or <laughs> something like that. Look at this smiling <laughs> bastard.
1: <laughs> the Atherin-Rao Lucrece relationship is just great, but like so is Rare and Chairman Zala, and man, see, Rao in particular is definitely a bad guy. Yep. So maybe it's less that the Zaft are neutral and Atherin is just a good person and he's our focal point.
0: Which I think is kind of the point, but I may be misinterpreting this. Feeling fine, Haro?
2: Well, and <laughs> also- thing is the most annoying thing on the face of the Earth. But they're in space. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere near the planet.
1: Going back to Zaft being evil, I think part of your neutral view on them is I've been kind of emphasizing that. Because I think it's not supposed to be an M. Night Shyamalan, what the twist! But I think they are trying to characterize Zaft a little more than the enemy faction is usually characterized. And that is
0: supposed to be a twist. I mean, clearly, like, they had the uh, council meeting, and they were clearly trying to, like, use any event to escalate the war. But there were Only also- a
2: couple of them were trying to use any event to escalate, whereas the chairman and a couple of the other council members were trying to find a way to de-escalate well, the, the war. Well, the chairman
0: can't be evil. He's Lacus's dad.
2: Well, like I said, that's why I specifically <laughs> said that a few other council members were also trying to de-escalate the war. Princess Leia has an evil dad. He's got you there.
0: But he redeems himself in the end, technically. <laughs> kind
2: of.
1: All right, so Kira has a flashback to last episode where he shot that djinn, and he comes to the realization that Zack said was obvious last week, because he's a dumb teenager and has just figured it out, that that djinn was probably looking for Lacus, Or, if not specifically Lacus, any survivors of the downed ship. And he feels even worse about it.
0: He's like, man, this whole situation could have been avoided if I hadn't shot that guy, even though it wasn't really my fault that I had to. Think of all the hand slaps I would have saved.
1: Hand slaps? Think of all the... Face palms. Face palms I would have saved. <laughs> So then we cut to the mess hall where Murielia and Flay are arguing because Mirielia wants Flay to bring food to Lachis, and she won't.
2: Well, it's not like Flay's doing anything to help, so might as well. Whereas Murielia should be the controller on the uh, bridge, but since Kyr is not actively trying to kill anybody.
1: <laughs> Basically, she says she's too afraid to go near a coordinator. He's, she says like they have super good reflexes and they're super strong, and you can't really tell what they can do just by looking at them. And Miriali is like,
2: Kira is right there! (laughs) (laughs) He's in the room. He's standing right there. She's got like spider senses, Mitty. Although, I like the attention to detail that they use in the shot where uh, Flay is going off on this, and Miriali is kind of glancing off to the side, like where you would expect Kira to be watching them from. She's like, Are you. The expression is really bad, but the fact that they they. did well, that this was
1: storyboarded te- well. It just wasn't an animated
2: <laughs> well. wasn't animated very well. But I like the attention to detail that they put in there. Flay's concerned about being attacked by Lacus. Man, can uh, you imagine Lacus attacking anyone?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it- and even Cuzzy, the dumbest person, is like, man, I, I can't really imagine her pouncing on anyone. But this actually works both as a pretty good info dump, explaining how powerful coordinators can be, and it's good at expressing both Lacus's character, and it gives us a lens into the people who really don't like coordinators. Since, as we said earlier, they all held a wake, basically, for the people. All the characters we've met so far have been fairly sympathetic.
2: I'm curious, would that have counted as part of the Bechdel test? Because they were talking about uh, Miriali and Flavor Count, talking about coordinators, not directly about Kira? Uh, You
1: could argue it. The Bechdel test is really a spiritual test, and it's not actually worth anything. Two
0: girls can talk about shoes
1: in a random scene, and it passes.
0: The Bechdel test is named after a scene in a webcomic. I was just curious.
1: And also, Alien doesn't technically pass the Bechdel test, but no one is going to say Alien doesn't have good feminist themes. I was just curious. Yeah, I would say it does.
2: Because like you said, it's kind of a squidgy test.
1: And Flay was like, you don't know for sure she wouldn't attack me. So then, uh, with perfect (laughs) timing, as uh, Flay says she might be really strong, we hear, hey, who's this really strong person you're talking about? from the softest voice ever, and Flay and Haro are in the mess hall.
2: You mean Lacus and Haro? Yes, yes. Technically, yeah, that is the weirdest. The, the set of expressions when they all realize who's standing there, again, the animation thing, but I think those expressions make up yeah, as you for say, some of the other ones actually look like appropriate reaction points.
1: This, they actually spent some time on it, it's really good.
0: Faces. I love, like, how did they even let her out? Didn't she just ask? We, we'll
2: get to that.
1: Uh, so then we cut to, uh, commercial. We have the nice eye catch. On that dramatic, oh no, there's a pink-haired girl in the mess hall. Because not much happens this episode. Hey guys, it's me, Jeremy, and this time I'm not alone, awkwardly talking to myself, retaking everything six times, and then editing together, so I sound like a real human.
0: I don't understand why this is a problem for you, because it sounds wonderful to me.
1: (laughs) That's what ten minutes of editing does, Tyler.
0: Introduce yourselves. Hey, I'm Tyler. I'm on the podcast you're listening to right now.
2: We did that on the podcast, but okay, fine. I'm Zach. I'm here. Your Hi. future Tyler and Zach.
0: That is true. I'm like three years older. I was mentioning stuff that happened when I worked at Time Warner Cable, guys. That's how long it's been.
2: Oh, I'm still working at the same place. That depresses it. Well, I guess it doesn't really depress me. I kind of like where I work.
0: I mean, a lot of people work places longer than two years. I feel like I'm an exception to that rule.
1: All right, so we're all together to read some emails that we got.
0: Yeah, if you, if you have been paying attention to the ad spots, I'm not even sure if that's what to call them, the in-between the eye-catch things. I
2: mean, that would normally be where a lot of ads would be. Look,
0: look, if Visa wants to sponsor us, that's where their ad's going. Visa, it's everywhere you want an ad spot. We're running a contest to give away some free Gundam-related merch if you send us an email or tweet at us at LTOVGundam.
2: That explains those boxes.
0: I'm very confused, Zach.
2: The boxes in my basement full of prizes?
0: I thought there was the boxes that that showed up at Zach's house mysteriously.
1: Uh, that's something else. (laughs) So we have a few emails we decided to read. We have three (laughs) entries right now, so if you decide to enter into this contest, your odds of winning are actually very good.
0: Yeah, because Ed wanted to recuse himself from eligibility, but he's also one of our three entrants right now, so...
1: (laughs) So the first email comes from Edgar and it says, Dear Total Strangers, I, a complete stranger, (laughs) having listened to the first episode of your podcast, am writing to you as someone who totally does not know any slash all of you. I like your podcast. Thanks, Ed. And it has motivated me to finally watch Gundam Seed. I hope you enjoy that 50 episodes and then stop. Stop. (laughs)
0: Do not pass go. Do not
2: watch Gundam Seed Destiny. But
0: also keep listening to our podcast where we watch Gundam Seed Destiny. We'll
2: take that bullet for you. I like this guy. He he sounds nice.
1: Below are my thoughts as I watch the first episode. I don't know if I'm going to read all of these or just some of them.
2: No, no. You should read all
0: of them
1: and then you can just edit it later. (laughs) I love the orbital insertion opening, especially the photos tucked
0: on the consoles.
1: And were there zoids shown during that opening narration? Yes, Ed, there were
2: zoids. I'm pretty sure there were some Bakus in the opening. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: were there Bakus in the opening? I don't remember
2: that. In the very first episode, I think there's some desert shots, but it's been a while.
0: Birdie is just a pale imitation
1: of Haro. Oh, just wait. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You
2: have no idea.
1: Why are the colonies one light week from Earth? Pluto orbits at about one light hour from the sun. There's interference, Ed. Minoski particles.
0: Yeah, it's that light actually travels slower. In the solar system these days.
1: Uh, calling it now, before the first commercial break, this mysterious blonde girl waiting for the professor is masked villain's sister.
0: Nope. Wrong. Nope. I was closer, I think, with my guess of uh, the whole Star Wars relationship.
1: So that's going to be it from not Ed wearing a Gratio Marx mustache. Thanks, Ed. It actually does mean a lot to us. So why don't you read one we got from Last Time on Video Games listener Ryan. You should also be cool and go listen to Last Time on Video Games like Ryan
2: does.
0: Hi, Ryan. That's true. We made a new podcast and Ryan, who is, as far as I'm aware, the only person we don't know personally who listens to Last Time on Video Games.
2: He's following us. This is awesome. We've got a (laughs) baked-in listener.
0: Thanks, Ryan, for being an awesome
2: guy. Uh, Yes, very much so
0: Ryan says that since we solicited for comments on our new podcast He would tell us what he thought about it He said he listened to the first five episodes And watched the first five episodes of the show And his thoughts are, it's okay Apparently he's not a huge mecha fan Even though he really liked Evangelion But arguably that's only barely a mecha anime That's that's an anime about a relationship
1: with two people that cannot work Because neither has any self-esteem And sometimes they get in giant robots
2: Evangelion's kind of a weird side case. W- Ray and Ray's other clone? Yes. Is that who we're yes.
0: talking about? <laughs> no, Shinji and Oscar.
2: Uh. Shinji and anybody. But Shinji and Oscar. Has anybody else here seen the rebooted Evangelion?
1: I've seen 2 out of 3 now. The third one's the weird one.
2: Is it the second one or the third one where you actually get Oscar the space pirate? That's the third one. Okay. okay.
0: What? Space pirate Oscar? Okay, we're gonna move along here because this is a conversation that can happen later. Apparently, he never watched Toonami growing up, which is a damn shame, even though it was apparently available in the far-off land of Canadia. Apparently, they showed a lot of stuff unedited there because he talked to some of his friends, and apparently they showed Ninja Scroll with no editing. Yeah,
1: Sailor Moon was less edited up there, too, and uh, they got all of Gundam Seed Destiny, whereas we got none of it. I think that's a fair trade.
0: Well, Ryan thinks this is a decent podcast, and we appreciate that, Ryan. I asked him to tell us if there's anything he wants us to improve on, but also we have episodes to get to before we can take that as actionable advice. But thanks, Ryan. You're a cool guy. You're like literally the only person who ever contacts us. So thanks for
2: that. It is nice to hear from you.
0: (laughs) And last but not least, we
1: have one from Tommy, which just says, I found It's a Gundam a few days ago and I really like and will continue to listen. So thank you, Tommy.
2: We very much appreciate the listening.
0: On the other hand, I will also point out that the subject of his email was new fan and contest entry.
2: It says plus. Oh, does it say plus? Yeah, new fan, plus. Remember, you can always hang out with us on the Discord channel for uh, Last Time on Video Games. This is kind of the same place, too.
0: Or if you're in Colorado and uh, Zach isn't your favorite host, then you can hang out with some of us as well. I'm just assuming you don't want to hang out with random (laughs) strangers, Zach.
1: (laughs) All right, so if you want to enter our contest that we keep mentioning it, so these three guys aren't the winners, we are giving away a Freedom Gundam model kit, Master Grade 2.0. I looked it up today,
0: it's very good.
1: Yes, there's a problem with the hip joints, some of them break, so you have to be a little careful, but it's a very good model. We're also giving away Gundam the MS team, one copy on Blu-ray, and one copy on DVD.
0: Which might be my favorite Gundam series. It is
2: really good, my main problem with it is, kind of short.
1: So if you want to enter, you just have to send an email to Gundam at Last Time on Video Games, like these guys did. .com, obviously. It's an email address. You can also enter by sending a tweet with the hashtag Gundam Podcast. No one has done that yet. And now that we're on Apple Podcasts, there's a third way to enter. If you leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, we'll also enter you in the contest.
2: But well, we're not taking submissions over the Discord chat, okay? So don't contact us on Discord and try and enter, the, enter that way. No,
1: that sounds awesome. I'll take it. If you want to get to our Discord, there's a link on our website, lastpodcast.com, which is also where you can find Last Time on Video Games. It's a cool podcast. We talked about Stonekeep this week. Maybe don't listen to that one. All right, but we've taken up enough of your time. Send us those emails if you want them read aloud and you want to win a cool model kit. And we will see you then. Bye. So then we cut to the bridge and it's Moo and Maru talking. And again, I don't really like the way this is dubbed because Moo is kind of being goofy and flirty in the original version, which is just kind of weirdly cut in the English version. He just has a really awkward line because his lip flaps are awkward, so they have to fit them. (laughs) So anyway, Maru doesn't want to have to hand Lacus over because things will be tough for her even though she's a civilian and Natarl challenges are on that bringing up that they're using a bunch of civilians in the war anyway and Tal and Sai who are on the bridge are just kind of overhearing this again it highlights the differences between Maru and Natarl. Natarl is a lot more tactical Maru is a bit of a bleeding heart.
2: Maru is a terrible officer. Natarl is actually a good officer. Yeah, Maru should probably not be captain of this ship. She should really not be captain of this ship. She is because she happened to be the senior officer on scene when the whole shit hit the fan. And Mu doesn't want to be. Yeah, so Mu technically outranks her. But well, technically, you could go with he's a fighter pilot, so he might under actually fall under a different section. She's a mechanic. (laughs) <laughs> okay okay
1: that
0: is fair I'm a mechanic not a spaceship captain
1: <laughs> so we cut back to the mess hall and Lacus apologizes for leaving but she says she's super hungry and thirsty and they're like "What? but you can't just leave and she's like well I tried to ask for permission but no one answered me too innocent for this world uh, Flay is freaking out
0: I love her face here
1: <laughs> maybe the bad animation actually helps out because it makes Flay look really freaked out instead of just like concerned
2: they all just have those the perfect confused They're- expressions. That that was the one thing that the guys who animated this were really good at was confused expressions.
1: Flay says she doesn't want to eat with anyone from Zaft, and she explains she's not actually from Zaft, because that's the name of the military. Like we said earlier, the English dub uses the word forces for no discernible reason. <coughs> and Lack is like, yeah, we're the same, you and I. You're not wearing a military uniform, so you're not in the military either. And Flay takes super offense to this, even though she's absolutely right.
2: No one sitting in the mess hall at the time is part of the military. But they're all wearing uniforms, so she has no reason to assume that. Well, I guess technically Murielia and Cuzzy did sign on. Not yet. No, they did. Earlier on, they actually did sign on. They t- They mentioned that they volunteered. Well, that's not the same as signing on. Like, they haven't been officially processed.
1: So anyway, Flay makes a very dramatic um, statement about not wanting to be friendly with the coordinator, and everything goes sepia tone again.
2: It includes a close-up of her face and everything.
1: So my theory is that when Kira has a romantic crisis, the world goes <laughs> sepia tone. <laughs> it happened when he saw Catherine <laughs> running at him, and now it's happened when Flay, who he has a major crush on, has Flay, uh, is- she doesn't like coordinator. And we all remember what it's like to be a teenage boy and for the girl you like to be dating someone else. You see the world in sepia tone for a second.
0: <laughs> Does Kira know that Lacus is Athrun's girl fiance? Not yet. We'll get to that. I, I I mean this is setting up so much relationship angst. It's going to be great. The entire world's going to be sepia tone for an entire episode.
1: Uh, the love of deca. go no, ahead decade great. told you
0: about that
2: episode.
1: And you got Sai hanging off the side of it cuz he and Flare are technically together. Tal and Murielia are just like, well, we're happy together, so we're going far away from that. <laughs> so Kira takes the meal and starts escorting Lacus back to her room. Mirielia, Flay, and Cuzzy are still in the mess hall. Things are very awkward. And Cuzzy asks Flay if she's a member of Blue Cosmos.
0: Which is so- basically the Ku Klux Klan against coordinators. Well, currently yeah. <laughs> it is
2: a proper noun that hasn't been explained, but it's pretty easy to extrapolate what they are from context.
0: Yeah, it's
1: if Tyler can extrapolate that having not seen anything, that's pretty good. Flash says, no, but it's not like I don't believe what they say.
0: I just haven't joined, I haven't gotten a membership card yet. <laughs> it costs like 15 bucks. Those white hoods are so not <laughs> no, fashionable. Blue, yeah, they'd be blue hoods because of the blue cosmos.
1: In particular, she says that, this is another line with a lot of translations. I don't like the one the sub used, but basically she says, Man, it's weird to get, like, genetic manipulation if you're not sick or something. Which is not something I necessarily
0: agree with, but is at least a viewpoint I can understand. Well, and the other two characters in the
2: room sitting with her. They're, well, they're just kind of... Like, after she asks if they thought that she was right. You yeah, know that, that that kind of, of them crazy. respond. So, so yeah.
1: again, this is pretty well done. Clearly everyone is... It's, you know, it's the guy who wants not to be racist, but he's kind of afraid they are. And it's not just racism. They do have Captain America powers. Which would be scary if you were born into a world where some people have
0: Captain
2: America could lift a car and, and throw them around like they And one-hand
1: hack an operating system together in the space of 20 seconds while fighting off a mobile
2: suit. After having never actually been in them in their life.
1: Yeah. So Lacus doesn't want to have to stay in the room, but Kira's like, yeah, you should. And Lacus is just kind of like, but it's lonely. What about Haro? She's just very clearly a social person, unlike Kira. Kira's like, yeah, you know, lots of racists on the earth versus, so yeah, you should just stay here. And you know, Lacus exposes her. uh oh, man, peace is good. And she says, uh, yeah, he's you're but you're kind, so thanks
0: for that. Actually, it's just because he's a terrible shot. And then he's basically like, I'm only kind because I'm a coordinator. Although he does blush a little bit, which is hilarious.
1: And Lacus, <laughs> you know, very nicely because Kira needs encouragement because Mu is an old man and no one cares. Black is like, yeah, but you're kind because you're kind, not because you're a coordinator. Again, establishing her as too perfect for this world. So meanwhile, we cut to the bridge, and the Archangel is starting to get a transmission. It's all de garble but it's a transmission. Then we get some filler scenes.
2: With the uh, civilian crew, and we needed time to fill 20 minutes, so here's some still shots.
1: Yeah, the awkward looks between Kuzzy and Flay, I think, actually work, but like Mirielia and Tal talking for no reason just kind of falls flat. Anyway, the transmissions are from an Earth Force's fleet, which is nearby and looking for them. And so the crew finally has something to celebrate. Which, you know, after eight episodes of tension and panic and... And filler. Being afraid of being <laughs> murdered, there's something good. So they all decide to party. Party! Break out the Jameson! They don't have any booze. They don't even have enough water,
2: but... They do now. Well, they just raided a destroyed colony. You know you know telling telling me no one that. took a whiskey.
0: Boiling it. Space future methods? I was going to say making alcohol out of it, but... So Sai
1: comes up to Kira and's like, hey, I'll talk to Flay, don't worry about it. But then they start walking away and they hear Lackis singing, and Sai has this pretty good comment about like, oh, it's a pretty voice, but I wonder if it's genetically modified, which is, again, another really good, like, subtly kind of racist thing to say that's, you know, very realistic. He definitely doesn't realize it. He doesn't need it as anything bad. But Kira, who's super concerned about everything and self-conscious...
2: Well, it does does make you kind of wonder if a lot of that kind of conversation with being around Kira, if that would actually bother him if they hadn't found themselves in this situation where it's very much more pronounced coordinators and naturals. If he'd mentioned that before they got involved.
1: If they mentioned it before, Kira probably would have been in the corner being quiet, though. True. So then they do that awkward anime thing where they flash back to like five seconds ago and they finish the conversation (laughs) that Kira and Lacus had been having.
2: And that's where we actually find out that she told him she he's nice because he's nice, not because he's a coordinator. Oh, man. Did you see Kira's face right before it cut over to her talking?
0: Yes. That was so bad.
1: I've watched this episode a lot because we almost recorded this episode on a lot of days. Trust me, I've seen every animation gaff. There are so many. So now Kira finds himself in a nice Betty and Veronica situation with super too good for this world magical Lachis and... uh flay who is already dating someone in a horrible person
0: <laughs> <laughs> but the heart wants what the heart wants and sometimes the heart wants money flay isn't even rich is she i guess uh, she I've kind of is veronica but,
1: yes but but lacus is also rich so
0: yeah <laughs> so lacus is like betty but also rich <laughs> yes so,
1: so finally Cuzzy and flay have another meaningful exchange of dialogue where Cuzzy is just like hey just keep in mind Kira is a coordinator, and that has actually saved our lives a bunch and is kind of great, even if it's a little scary. And, and cause he gets some character development here,
2: which is cool. It'll and,
1: never happen again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he gets to be uh the mature one, which as Jeremy said, he'll never get more character development. Well actually there there is a couple of moments later when he gets something, but
1: Yes. It's not a lot. So cut over to the bridge of the Versalius where you have good old Raoul Le Crusade hanging out with Addis. And they detect a bunch of Earth Forces ships, presumably the same ones that contacted the Archangel. And they, because Rao is super smart, put together that they've come to meet the Archangel for some reason. And he decides to follow them because he's not going to let history make fun of him because he was looking for some girl and let a chance like this just slip by and lose the war.
0: And turns out he's doing both at the same time without knowing it. Yep. Nah, he
2: knows it.
1: (laughs) Well, we have seen some uh, crazy leaps of logic uh, on Rao's part, but...
2: Man, that's got to be lonely. Atherin's just kind of hanging out in the ready room all alone. No, that's how he likes it. He enjoys his angsting.
0: Yeah, he's like Batman. I am darkness.
2: I am the night.
1: So anyway, all the refugees on the Archangel are excited about the escort coming, and we find out Flay's dad is
2: one of the captains of one of the ships. Um, No, he's not one of the captains. He's not actually a, um, a military guy. He's like a senator.
1: Well, okay, well, we don't find out. We find out for some reason Flay's dad is... On on ships. I
2: thought they mentioned earlier in the episode, or early in the series, that he was a senator, not actually a military. I don't
1: think they have mentioned him at all before now. So Kira and Murdoch have a nice little chat where Murdoch's like, "Yeah, I fixed up the strike a little bit, but you're probably never going to have to use it again." Damn it, Murdoch! Check
2: it. (laughs) Never say stuff like that. You'll jinx us. So we end with
1: Haro and Lachis, and Lachis like ask like man i wonder where we're going which is supposed to be innocent but in a way i almost wonder if it's trying to play off that she's kind of a spy except for because we've seen the other side we know that's absolutely not the case
0: to me it implies a slightly higher level of cognizance than she's been afforded so far like she's asking a pretty good question you know there's no one around to answer
1: one major debate among gundam seed fans is is lack is stupid early on and gets smart later? or is she just pretending to be a naive idiot and then she stops pretending at
2: some point I think it's far more likely that she was pre- that she's been pretending for this entire time like she's got a little bit of naivete but she actually drops that later but she's far smarter than she acts
1: I mean given what she does later I agree but I really didn't get that
2: impression the first time it seems like I Tyler does though I definitely did not get that impression my, the first time I watched my it. My
0: po- problem is no one is that impossibly naive. It must be a facade. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> It's anime. I would totally believe it.
0: Yeah, this is a kind of serious anime
2: though, so. So are some of the other ones I've watched. You wouldn't believe how stupid people can get. So that's the episode.
1: Really, really slow one. We got some good character development, mostly on the part of Flay. We get Lachis' character. A little bit from Kira and Sai. Some subtle racism stuff. Not quite as skippable as, say, episode six, but not a great point in the series
2: either. Six is the, uh... Six is the Escape from one. Artemis.
1: Yeah. Unlike episode four, which was a slow episode, but really set up the next big fight episode, this one doesn't do anything to set it up, but next week is a big blowout. But before that, how about we start doing high points and low points on this show? Because that's the thing episode-by-episode episode podcasts do.
0: Totally. Um, although, really quick, I would like to count. There were only four face bombs in that entire episode. Okay, but they're very dense. <laughs> yeah, they all happen clustered right next to each move other. Moo palms like twice in a three-minute period. Although Moo seems the facepalming sort, so he's done it even not on this but episode. But even Nataril, who is super yeah, serious business the, lady, has reached her limit. I loved that episode where they're all in the hotel room together. <laughs> it was
2: so good. <laughs> or she's super confused yeah, at the plan. <laughs> that is the only redeeming feature of episode six.
1: So, Tyler, what is your high point for
0: this episode? For this episode? Actually, probably the point <laughs> where Flay's screaming about how she doesn't want to be friends with a coordinator. I don't know. It says a lot about the character. It says a lot about the
2: Earth forces, I think, generally.
1: Zach, what's your high point?
2: I would agree with him. Either that or move face Agreeing with him is
1: cheating. Choose something else.
2: Then move okay. face palming.
1: <laughs> Moo does face palming a lot. I think my high point is Lachis. Like I said, I go back and forth on whether I love her or not. But I have priced Lacus Klein statues on more than one occasion. I guess I haven't bought one yet, which says something. But also, I have plans to paint up a <laughs> Lacus Klein
0: custom Freedom Gundam. I love her outfit, honestly. I think it's like... It's, I don't. It's impractical. She, she has
1: three way. outfits in this series. I really don't like this one. The shoulders just really bug me. Huh. I don't like her hairstyle with the second one, but it's a pretty minor quibble. And I really like the third one. What's your low point, Tyler?
0: Um... Honestly, probably the awkward conversation she has with Kira. (laughs) Really?
1: I actually kind of like that.
0: Giving Kira a little bit of a boost. I'm I'm having a hard time thinking of a particular low point in this episode, because it's mostly that the low point for this episode would just be boring, which means I don't really remember it, if it exists.
1: Well, I have one, which is the awful animation. There are so many, Uh, like, cross-eyed and, like, just off things, Super they make Lachesis look ugly a few times, and I don't know how you do that. But also, just like Moo being cross-eyed, and lots <laughs> of dumb stuff. Zach,
2: the weird, conver- the weird, like silent conversations of the bridge crew that are yeah. just like acting as filler for the middle three minutes.
1: Yeah, the oh man, we didn't have enough in this episode. We have to
0: actually so stretch you, it. You commented against this, where uh, Medea and Toll are like talking to each other in the hallway. I actually really like that, because it implies she's basically gossiping about what just happened in the lunchroom.
1: That is true. And And that is
0: what you would do with your boyfriend. I mean, they may never follow up on it later, but I actually liked that little bit.
1: But, like, you could have given her some dialogue.
0: Yes, you could have. the (laughs)
1: English dub does, and it's terrible dialogue.
0: (laughs) I actually kind of like the fact that you can't hear it, because who knows what she's saying. Like... Is she being extremely judgmental? Is she just, like, reporting only the facts? Are they talking about a sandwich they had earlier that day? <laughs> You don't know. <laughs> I don't like... you think it's awesome we've got water now? Yeah. I like to think she's actually being extremely judgmental Flay there. but
1: Probably, given that she was judgmental to her face. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, anything else we want to say about this episode? Like I said, a slow one. Usually the slow ones are pretty good, but this one really this one feels like they ant- need to stretch
2: it. And the animation quality really hurt it.
1: Yeah, well, it, it's probably a budget saving episode, is almost certainly what it is.
2: Probably, yeah. <laughs>
0: well, I noticed there were a couple. I forget what scene it was, but they reused the same, like. Oh, no, as while well, they were in the room with Lacus discussing the fact that she was Senator Klein's daughter, they reused the same shot of. Uh, God, I can't remember her name. Black haired lady. Nataral? Thank you. Nataral and uh, Maru. Maru? Thank you. Yes.
2: Not everything has a Japanese accent over it, Tyler. How do they actually say it? Maru. Do they?
0: Yeah, and the
1: dub they definitely do. I'm trying to think of how they say it.
0: But they have the same scene of them in the same shot like four times. Well, they that. have the
2: same shot of Natoro coming around on the bridge.
1: <laughs>
2: at <laughs> least they? twice. I didn't notice mm-hmm. that. Coming up from like the back the back side, they use that shot twice.
1: And they reuse the Kira and Lacus talking scene.
2: Or at least... They, they outright reuse the scene.
1: So yeah, kind of a weak episode. But... I promise the next one has at least more explosions. Join us next week for Episode 9, Fading Light.
2: Bye. say? You have the same surname as the current Zaft Supreme Council Chairman, Siegel Klein. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, Siegel Klein happens to be my father. You don't know him, do you?